Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. How are we today? We good? Hey, you guys sounded great this morning. You look great, and uh, I'm thankful that you're here, and thankful that you're here in this season. Last week, we used up every chair we had at 10 o'clock, and we had a bunch of folks that offloaded this morning to 8.30. I'm assuming some are going to offload to 11.30, but as normally happens, we kind of fill back up to 10 o'clock. So if you don't have a choice, I mean, if you do have a choice, you know, maybe go look at 8.30 or 11.30 and come and help us. Kind of be a missionary, one of those services to open up a chair for us at 10 o'clock. It's a great season, exciting time here at Generations Church. We're thankful for that. Uh, and, and let me just echo real quick before I jump in. Let me echo what you just heard the last few minutes, what I talked about a little earlier. 21 days, it's a special time. Uh, and I'm just thankful for what God has already been doing uh, in our morning prayer times, in the Saturday prayer times and things like that. And if you're fasting, uh, I just want to say like we are praying for you. I know if you've given up some type of food or specific meals or whatever it is that you've given up, the Lord will sustain you. He'll strengthen you. If you're doing some type of soul fast, you're off of social media or you're off of just news for a little while or whatever, uh, you can make it. I promise you it'll be there when you get back. Uh, but maybe just a cleansing of your soul is the best thing you can do in these 21 days, and it's going to be great. Uh, you, my wife, Corey, and I missed a few days this last week of the morning prayer time uh, because we were traveling to San Diego, California for a pastor's conference with a missions organization uh, that we're looking to partner with. And, uh, and so we went out to San Diego, and it was great. We had a blast, and the weather was awesome. And so uh, we, we got on the plane yesterday to come back yesterday afternoon, and, and we knew based on the time that we were going to land last night, the storms here in the Atlanta area might make it problematic for our landing. Uh, and so we were watching, is it going to be delayed? Is it going to be canceled? We watched as some other flights were getting canceled and delayed. Um, when we did finally land in Atlanta, there were a lot of people standing in line trying to get rebooked or to move their schedule around or try to make hotel arrangements because their flights had been canceled. They couldn't get home. And so we're thankful we, we got to land. But uh, when we were leaving San Diego to come back last night, um, we got on the plane. I sat down in my seat. And I realized the blessings in favor of God. It had one of those TV headrests right in front of me. And so I was able to kind of look at it and go, oh, okay, I can watch some movies or I can watch some shows or whatever. That's awesome. Uh, but it also had a button that said, watch live TV. And I thought, well, that's awesome. So I clicked on that button. And I found that, as luck would have it, uh, this was the time that the NFL playoff game was on. And I was able to watch that sitting in my seat at 30,000 feet uh, while we're flying home. And so I thought, well, that's great. So I plugged my headphones in and I put a headphone in. But I also thought, man, I, I mean, I want to watch this game. But there's also a basketball game that I want to watch right now. Um, and so I had the Wi-Fi for the plane because I was kind of working through the message for today and kind of reading back through it and studying some. And so I had Wi-Fi. So I thought, okay, best of both worlds here, total guy thing while flying. I'm going to watch football on that screen, and I'm going to use the Wi-Fi on my phone to watch the basketball game that I want to watch. And so I had a headphone in for the basketball game and a headphone in for the football game. I was a little bit schizophrenic for a little while, but I'm watching these games, and it was incredible. Like, it was awesome. It was like the best of both worlds. It was amazing. I'm flying. They're bringing me snacks and drinks, and I'm watching the game, NFL, and I don't really care who was winning that game, but it was, it was fun to watch. It was a great game. And then I'm watching my team play on basketball, and I'm watching that, and it was awesome until it wasn't because there was a storm, and there was some turbulence. And when the storm happened and the turbulence happened, the unthinkable happened. I lost my live television and my Wi-Fi. So I lost the football game, 
Didn't really care about that. But with a minute to go in a very close basketball game, I lost the game. And then I found out they went to overtime, and I didn't get to watch overtime. And now I'm ticked. I'm hitting the call button. I'm like, sir, can you come here for a second? I need you to fix this. He's like, well, I don't make rain and storms, and I can't fix it. I'm like, I'm never flying this airline. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I was thinking, like, this is terrible. And in my moment of frustration, I kind of lost sight of the bigger picture. I got to be honest. It happens to me more often than I, than I would like to admit. But in my frustration, in the circumstances that I was you know, kind of focused on in that moment, I lost the bigger picture. When I lost the television screen in the, in the game, I clicked on the other button to see, like, how far are we from Atlanta? Maybe we can land in time that I can watch the end of the game on a television there in the concourse we're landing in. And so I saw at that moment that we were flying 529 miles per hour with a 133-mile-an-hour tailwind that was making the trip home an hour shorter than the trip out there. And I was comfortable. I was in my seat. People were taking care of us. And our ancestors, our forefathers, it would have taken them weeks to make the journey, perhaps even months to make the journey that it took us about three and a half hours to make. I kind of lost sight of a huge reality because of my frustration and my circumstances. And again, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe all of life is awesome, but maybe it's not as well. And maybe just in the midst of your circumstances and your frustrations, you've lost sight of this huge reality. And before I start in anything else, I want to say something to you that may be the most important thing I say all day long that I hope you take with you when you leave. You matter to God. You absolutely matter to God. Sometimes in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our heartache, in the midst of our tragedy, maybe even in the midst of good things that are happening, that we're celebrating, that we feel kind of responsible for, we kind of lose sight of the fact that God is writing our story and that God loves us, he cares for you, and you matter to him. Your story matters to God. The details of your life, the big and small details of your life matter to God. And I want you to know that not only do you matter to God, you matter to us. You matter to this church. We love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for all that God is doing in your life. And so as we think about the fact that your story matters to God, it causes us to realize that your life is telling a story and then causes me to ask this question of myself. Maybe, maybe you would ask it of yourself. What story is your life telling? What story is your life telling to the people around you? The reality is that your spouse is watching, your kids are watching, your grandchildren are watching, your teachers are watching, your coworkers are watching, your coaches are watching, your players are watching. They're all watching. And I don't say that to put pressure on you. I say that to tell you that what you do, even in those little moments, matters. We said last week as we were talking about Generations Church that we want to live like it matters. And what that means to us is that we recognize that our marriage matters and our parenting matters and our work life matters and the way we manage our finances matter. And, and you kind of heard me walk through some of that if you were here last week, but ultimately we believe that the details of our lives matter because they help to tell the story that God is writing in our lives if we choose to let our story be the story that God is writing in our lives. As you answer that question, like, what story is my life telling? That's the moment that you determine if, if you want us to be a part of your story. Now, what I want you to know is, like, we're not going to go away. Like, we're here. We love you. 
we're in. I think I said it earlier, but we love you right where you are. We just love you too much to let you stay there. So we're constantly going to call you higher and call you to more and call you to pursue more. And, and so we're constantly going to try to do that in, in our gatherings and the things that we offer. But you may decide, like, I don't, I don't think I want my story to be about the things that you're talking about. And so I don't know that this is a place that I want to include in my story. I hope that's not the reality. But here, if, if this is a place that you say, hey, yeah, I mean, in my life, I want my life to matter. And I want the, the story of my life to make a difference in the lives of people. Then I want you to know like how we want to help you. The things that we think are important. Now, they're not unique to us. You, you find a number of things and a number of other ways this is articulated in Scripture. You find other churches that have different, different things. And you find some churches that have very similar things. And that's fine, too. But ultimately here, kind of what we rally around is four things. We want to help you to know God. We want to help you to find community. We want to help you discover your unique purpose. And we want to help you make a difference in the lives of people here and literally around the world. Maybe you've heard similar things. Maybe you've heard kind of the exact same types of things. But ultimately for us here at Generations Church, like this is what we're about and this is what we want to help you do. But it's not about the church. This is about you. This is about you understanding and reprioritizing your life and allowing the details of your life to match these things because we believe this is what helps you to live like it matters. So over the next four weeks, we're going to spend some time in these things. And today we're going to start with this idea of knowing God. I believe with all of my heart you can know God. I'm not just talking about like kind of, sort of, you can pray a prayer. I mean, that's a huge part of it, which we're going to talk about. But I think even beyond that prayer... That's the beginning of a journey, beginning of a process, beginning of a relationship where you can truly know God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 say this. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So you may know him better. We've, it seems like we've been a lot here in Ephesians recently. And this is the letter that Paul is writing to the church and the people of Ephesus. But ultimately, he's saying that you may, that the, may, the Father may give you the Spirit. This is a capital S. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God may give you wisdom and revelation or understanding that you may know Him, the Father, better. Now, ultimately, if you've prayed the sinner's prayer, if you, you've prayed a prayer to ask God to forgive your sins and be the Lord of your life, which we offer every time that we gather together on any given Sunday, like, that's the start of a journey. It's the start of a relationship. But just like I stood at the altar and made vows to my wife, that was really, even though we had dated and been engaged before that, that was just the beginning of the relationship. That was really just the beginning of the life together. And I believe that our relationship with God and knowing God is the same way, that we can truly know him. That when you pray to God, it doesn't have to be some kind of formal language. It's conversation with someone you know intimately. And so as we think about that, I recognize that there are some of us in the room, a group of people that have kind of been in and around the church for a long period of time, and maybe those that kind of prayed that prayer we're talking about or have experienced church uh, over a long, long period of time, or maybe you feel like you've kind of got all the answers and you're, you're kind of thinking about tuning me out. Let me just read you one of the saddest passages of Scripture that I'm not saying about you, but I'm just saying, like, we got to be sensitive to this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform any miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. 
You can ultimately try to make your life about the things of God without being in relationship with God. Like, it's more than just doing all the things. It's pursuing relationship with God. Titus chapter 1 verse 16 says this. They claim to know God, but their actions deny him. I've heard all my life that actions speak louder than words. I'm not as concerned with what's coming out of your mouth than what's happening with your hands and with your life, with your body, with the actions that you exhibit throughout your day. Like, how do you conduct yourself? What, what does that tell me about who you are and whose you are? I believe you can know God, like in an actual relationship. We can talk to him. He can talk to us. We can feel him. We, we can be guided by him. We can be comforted by him. And some of you are like, man, that sounds awesome. And like, I hear people say that, but I don't even know how to get there. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. Well, let me just start with this truth today for every person in the room. God is not hiding from you. God's not hiding from you. I promise he's not. As we read throughout the Bible and we've experienced it, and and maybe there's people in your lives that you've seen kind of walk this, you're like, "How, how did they even find him? I feel like I never know where God is. I feel like he's a million miles away from me. And there are moments in my life where I felt that way, a moment of isolation or a moment where I'm walking through something and I'm not sure where God is in the midst of my circumstances. Even Jesus felt that way on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt like there was some kind of separation or distance between him and God, but ultimately, As I think about all that I know about God and all that I've experienced, I recognize that God is not hiding from you. It's it's actually the exact opposite. I've talked about on a pretty regular basis how our family, we've got four kids, Corey and I do, and and our family throughout the years has played a lot of hide-and-seek. The reason that we play hide-and-seek is because I'm very, very good at it. I don't play games I'm not good at, but I'm very good at hide-and-seek. So we continue to play this over and over in our family. And so when the kids were very young, we would play. We actually just played the other night. And Corey and I won. The reason was that when the kids started counting, we got in the car and went to the grocery store. And so, like, at the end of the game, they were like, where were you hiding? I'm like, I can't tell you. And, hey, help us carry the groceries in. And so, like, we won. It was awesome. Um, But when they were, I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. Some of you are like, you are a terrible father. Probably so, but not because of that. So, um, like, when they were really young, we, we would hide, and they would start counting and, and maybe 15 seconds in, 30 seconds in, a minute in, whatever, like they would get frustrated that they hadn't already found me, right? And so that you could hear the frustration in their voice, like, Dad, where are you? I can't find you. And like you'd hear it and they'd get more and more like frustrated and they were about to give up. And in that moment, you know, I'd make an, <clears throat> you know, I'd throw my leg out, my arm out and they would find me. And then what would they do? They would cheer. I found you. I found you. Did they really? Yes. Because I let myself be found. And like, God is an even better father than I am to my children, so he's not even hiding from you to the moment of frustration. He's just constantly finding ways to reveal himself to you. He's just finding ways for you to find him. He's just trying to get your attention. He's just trying to find ways for you to go like, oh, I found you. I found you. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 say this. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us 
by his own glory and goodness. I love this verse of scripture. It says that when we know God, our knowledge of God, it can give us grace and peace. How many of us need a little more grace and a little more peace in our lives? Ultimately, it's the knowledge of God that brings those things into our lives. That the knowledge of God brings grace and peace in abundance, Peter says. But he also says it's his divine power, God's divine power, that gives us everything we need for the godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and his own good. His divine power. He's the one who gives us the power to find him. He's not hiding from us. He's like giving us the way to him. He's saying, hey, you want to find me? You want grace and peace in your life? There's some tools that I can give you through my power in you so that you have the knowledge of who I am, and with that knowledge comes grace and peace in abundance. And so today, I want to give you three tools that I believe God has given to us so that we can know him, so that we can know him in a really personal, intimate kind of way. You're going to be familiar with all three, and yet I believe if you, if you lean into these three, they unlock our ability to know God better than we ever have. The first way that I think we can know God is through his word. Now, when I use the phrase his word, I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about God's word. I'm talking about the scriptures, the holy scriptures, whatever you want to call them. We're talking about the Bible. And I believe that God reveals himself to us so that we can know him more through his word. Look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture, the Bible the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is that condition that we take on through Jesus Christ that allows us to have right standing with God. We believe that God is just, and that justice requires him to judge and punish Sin. If he didn't, he wouldn't be holy. And so I don't like to preach about it. We don't like to talk about it. But it's a reality. It's a truth that God is a judge and he must judge and punish sin. And so in the interim, what we believe is that God has given us grace. And that grace allows for us to pursue him and to bring our transgressions to him. And he covers them through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it's almost like this, this jacket. If I put this jacket on and I say, according to scripture, I'm taking on the righteousness of Christ. That when God looks at me to punish my sin, he has to look through the completed work of Jesus on the cross to even see me. So he doesn't punish my sin because Jesus is like, I got him. I've already paid the price. And so he's wearing my righteousness. So now we have right standing before God. And so when we talk about what, what, what Timothy's saying here in 2 Timothy, we're saying, hey, all scripture, all, all of this is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training. It's useful for the process of molding us and shaping us into the place where we take on that righteousness of Christ to have right standing before God. God is revealing his nature and his character to us through the scriptures. And so whether you have a printed Bible or you have a digital Bible through an app, whether you read one translation or you love to read it in parallel form, ultimately it's God breathed. About a year ago, the beginning of 2019, uh, I, I'm an avid reader. I love to read sometimes 40, 50, 60 books in a year. And so I was trying to figure out, like, how can I change some of my reading habits now that my schedule's gotten a little different and, and, and a little busier? Like, how can I change that? And so a friend put me on to audiobooks. Well, I thought I would hate them. I was sure I would hate them. 
And so I was like, I don't want to do that. He was like, no, I'm telling you, just, just try it for like a month and just do it in your car or when you're working out or whatever. And so I tried it, and I really liked it. I liked it way more than I thought. And so this past year, uh, I, I read about, you know, like eight or nine books through audiobook, and I loved it. It was great. But I quickly developed a, a preference in audiobooks. I love the books that are read to me by the author. Now, if you make your money as an audiobook reader, but you've never written a book, just keep doing that, tithe 20% off whatever you make, it'll be fine. Just keep doing it. There's no, there's not sinful. Some of you didn't get that. That's okay. We believe in the 10%. You say fine. It's okay. It's no big deal. But I just like the audiobooks where the author himself or herself is reading the story to me because I feel like I kind of get more of the story. I get some of the emotion. I get like where they get excited about something. I get where they're very passionate about something. Well, that's exactly what I believe about God's word. You're getting the author kind of reading the story to you through the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, the more that I read the Bible, what happens is really that I'm not reading the Bible as much as the Bible's reading me. Scripture says about itself that it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it pierces into my heart, and it carves away those things that do not reflect the nature and character of God. And so as I read God's word, more and more, I understand who God is. And if you're like, well, I've tried to read the Bible. Like, I don't know how to do it. One of the hardest things to do is to, like, make a New Year's resolution and start reading the Bible through in a year in Genesis. Because you're going to make it a couple days or a couple weeks, and it's going to be awesome. Genesis is great. Exodus is great. But when you get to, like, Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Numbers, like, you're like, I'm out. I don't understand what's happening. That, that you're, you're normal if that happens to you. And so what I would encourage you to do is, like, during these 21 days, jump into the book of John with us. Like, I'm not even going to ask you to go back and catch up. Just start today and read John chapter 8. It is an awesome chapter of scripture. And I already gave you kind of the cliff notes for the first few verses. And then you can go to John chapter 9 tomorrow. And, and if you miss a day, like, I would love to tell you, like, yeah, catch up. Like, do, you know, do 9 and 10. And then, you know, but, like, if you miss it and you just, you're just trying to figure it out and you're, you're growing this read the Bible muscle, don't even catch up. Like, we'll catch up later. If it's the 10th, just read the 10th that day. Or if you've missed three days and it's the 14th, just read the 14th, uh, 14th chapter. But like just start reading so that you can get into you more of the knowledge of who God is. And here's the promise that I would make to you. If even on day one you don't feel like I know God any more than I already knew him, as you more and more read the scriptures, I promise you more and more you will know who God is. The second way that I believe we can know God is through the Holy Spirit. Now, we reference the Holy Spirit a good bit when we're talking in, in, in these services, and, and you hear us reference the Holy Spirit. And even in the scripture that I talked about a few minutes ago, there was a capital S. And so it wasn't just spirit. It was the spirit of God. It was the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what we believe, and we're going to talk about some more scriptures here in just a second, specifically about the Holy Spirit. But what you need to know about what we believe, what I believe about the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit is God. We talked about this a few months ago, and so maybe you can go back and catch this on our podcast. But we don't believe like, that the Trinity, which is not a word found in Scripture, but a great word and image about what we, we believe about the Godhead, is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe that they are co-equal. They're equal to one another. They are co-existent. 
They have all always existed. They're co-eternal. They've ne- there's no beginning or ending to any of them. So it's not like Jesus just showed up in the New Testament and God kind of had the Old Testament and then like the Holy Spirit's kind of got us now. Like we believe coexistent, co-eternal. We believe that all the way back to Genesis 1 in the creation story, all three had a part to play and throughout the scriptures. It's not like God's the CEO and Jesus is kind of the CFO and the Holy Spirit's like the operations manager over here. Like they're all equal in the operation of what God is doing in and through us and in the world. And so look at this, this amazing verse of scripture here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, talking to us about knowing God. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not, not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit, capital S, gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. What we understand here is that as as they're praying for us, praying for you, they continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit, capital S, gives us so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. It almost sounds like so that you can live like it matters, so that your life can count for something, and that as you do, you're pleasing God, you're bearing fruit, and your knowledge of God is growing through the work of the Spirit in you. This grace and this peace that's coming to us in abundance that we already read about, the Spirit is giving us the ability to please God and to know the will of God. Like, if we could just say, like, how do I know what God wants me to do through the work of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Holy Spirit illuminates that path before us through God's word so that his will is evident in our lives so that we can know how to please and honor God, look at this, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in John 16. This is the message paraphrase. It says, I still have so many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend, the advocate, the Holy Spirit comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I've done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I've said he takes from me and delivers to you. What you need to know is that the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture never draws attention to himself. He is constantly pointing to the Father, constantly revealing the Father. And when we see the day of Pentecost, when they come spilling out of the upper room and they're speaking in other tongues, and what do they do? They're declaring how that you can be saved through the work of God the Father Jesus on the cross, like constantly pointing to the Father, revealing the Father. If you want to know God, the work of the Holy Spirit is how we can know God. And so we continue to read God's word and we continue to lean into the presence of the Spirit of God that's available to all of us in present day. The third way that we can know God is through Jesus. Through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus. I told you, you're going to know all three of these things. Like these aren't going to kind of shake the earth for you. But ultimately, as we think about knowing Jesus, we point back to John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered them. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You get to Jesus, you get to God. You want to get to God the Father? You can't except through Jesus. Now, As I think about that, I think about the fact that we've been singing about Jesus today. We actually sang a song that says, Jesus, Jesus. Like, we've been singing about Jesus. 
We celebrate Jesus at Christmas, his birth. At Easter, we, we remember and reflect about his death and then his resurrection. We celebrate that we can be taken from death to life because he was taken from death to life. And so we recognize like this incredible part of the story of God that's exhibited to us through Jesus. But I also think about like how do I, how do I get to Jesus? Well, ultimately, again, God's not hiding from you. You can get to Jesus by calling on his name. But I also believe that there's this incredible truth in Ephesians chapter 5 and some other places in the New Testament that talk about that Jesus is the groom, and when he returns, he comes for his bride. Who is his bride? His bride is the church. And so we recognize that Jesus has an affinity. He has an affection for his church, not just our church, the big C church, the church that honors and loves God, and lifts him up. And so, and so we, we recognize that if that's the case, then I want to be a part of the church because Jesus' heart beats for the church. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I get asked on a semi-regular basis. I used to get asked this question a lot more. Can I go to heaven without going to church? My answer has always been the same. Absolutely, but why would you want to? Because I think that heaven will be a reflection of the church in a perfected form for sure. But corporate worship, fellowship together, like pointing to Jesus, like I think there's just this incredible picture of what we have here in imperfection form of what heaven can look like. And so what I believe is like, hey, in the church, as we draw together, as we point to Jesus, as we lean into worshiping Jesus, we capture the heart of Christ which leads us to the Father. You know, what is it that we're trying to do when we gather together? When we come into Generations Church, I can't say this about every church. I can say this about most churches in our community. I know a lot of the pastors, a lot of the leadership, great churches. Most of the churches shared this heart, that we don't want you to come into our church to hear me or to hear the people that take the stage to sing or to play instruments. We don't want you to come in just to, just to fellowship or connect with other people in the lobby. We don't want you to just come so we can take care of your kids for an hour so you kind of get a break. All of those things are fine. None of those things are bad. We offer them because we believe they add value to you and to the experience. But ultimately, when we gather together, what we want to happen is for you and for me, for all of us, corporately and individually, to experience the presence and the power of God. That's what it's all about. That's how we measure success. Did we experience the presence and the power of God together today? Scripture tells us in the Psalms to taste and see that the Lord is good. It's an experience. It's not just head knowledge. I believe you can know a lot about God and not know God to experience him. Sensory, to, to know him in a personal way, I believe it's possible. Now, here's what, I'll, here's what I will assure you. If you plug in, if you just kind of lean in to what God's doing here, we're not perfect, we're going to disappoint you, we're going to upset you, I'm going to say something that makes you mad. I apologize in advance. I would never intentionally do that. We're not going to meet some expectations that you have of us as a church. I apologize. That's on me as the leader of our church. But if you'll just kind of lean in to the church here. If you say, like, this is a place that I, I think I want to 
I want to be a part of. And if you, and if you don't, that's okay. Like, we want to help you get connected to a church that you can give your life for. Like, you can really give of the best of who you are to help to make a difference in that church and in the lives of people that the ministries of that church impact. And so we, we'll try to help you take that, that step. But, like, if this is a place, and I, and I believe it's a great place, then I would encourage you, like, make a commitment right here at the start of the year just to, like, rock from your heels up onto your toes. Like, just kind of lean in a little bit. Like, don't be the last one here and the first one out. Like, like lean in. Like, be here every time you possibly can. And, and not like where you kind of justify that you can't be. Like, oh, I mean, I got some stuff, you know, Tuesday, so I need to take a break today. Like, I'm saying, like, I'm going to be there today. I'm going to give an hour, two hours, whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to be in. Jump into a G group. They start over the next two weeks. Like, just jump into a group and find some community and get together and, and, and build life with other people and relationships together. Like, I, I believe you'll be strengthened by that and you'll be encouraged by that and you actually will be an encouragement to others. You don't, you don't think you have anything to offer until you get into that environment and, and you start to say something. You're like, I don't, even, I don't even know if this is right, but this is kind of just what I think. And other people are like, oh, that, that helps me so much. I've had that same question. And you recognize that, like, the story that God is writing in you actually impacts the story that God is writing in others and jump onto the discovery track. Jump onto the G team and, and make a difference and figure out who you are and your purpose and like all, this is not to fill your calendar. It's not programs. It's like, how do we live like it matters? We live beyond ourselves. We, we don't call you to perfection. We call you to a pursuit of a holy God. And as much as it depends on me, and Corey and I have committed ourselves, like we want, we want to be here to dedicate your children's children. We want to see generations come to pass. Like that, that's our heart. And so for as long as the Lord wills it, every time we gather, we gather to experience the presence and the power of God. To create opportunities for you to get into community and discover your purpose and, and really use the gifts that God has uniquely placed inside of you to impact other people like we want to live like it matters and it starts with knowing God not just knowing about God not just being able to memorize and recite some scriptures and not just being able to, to sing some songs and to know God you say well I, I've tried I've tried and I just I, don't, I can't find him where are you looking? Where are you looking? He's not hiding from you. He's revealing himself to you through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus. In gatherings like this, in groups throughout the community, like, he's not hiding from you. You can know God. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. If you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I, I need to take that first step. I need to pray that prayer you're talking about. Acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to I enter into what you're describing. And, and I need to take that step today. I need to ask him to forgive my sins and to lead my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I want to pray for you. Thank you so much. You can put it right down. Anybody else? Thank you so much. 
Now, if you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I just want to know God better. I, I, I want to I know him more personally. I, I want to know his word in a deeper way. I, I want to reflect on who he is through the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus. And, 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 and I want to lean into the church and maybe the things that are happening here to help me to understand and to know him better. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I want to pray for you. Thank you so much. God, we love you. We thank you, God, that you help us to live lives that matter because they matter to you and they help to tell the story of what you're doing in the earth. And I pray now, God, that you would help those who lifted their hand today to respond to you, to accept you as Lord and Savior of their life. God, forgive their sins and be their Lord right now. Change their eternity. We celebrate with heaven for the decisions that have been made. And God, now I pray for every person that lifted their hand to say, I wanna know God. I wanna know him more. I wanna know him more personally. I don't wanna just know about him. I want to know him intimately. God, I pray that you would help us to develop a passion and a hunger for your word. I pray, God, that we would experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And God, that we would see the work of Jesus at work in us and it would reveal you to us. God, let us lean in here to what you're doing, what's taking place. And God, I thank you that as we do that, we believe that we can know you better than we ever have before. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.